0: Hi, this is Ann Robertson, the Executive Director of the Massachusetts Bible Society, and this is the Spirit Walker's Devotion for, oh, way back in November, November 15th, 2010. I would wish you all a happy Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving has come and gone. I seem to get the blog posts up much, much faster than the podcast these days. Anyway, the text here is a whole chapter, so I'm not going to read it, but would refer you to Matthew 25. If you go to the blog version of this at annrobertson.org, you can click on the link there and read the parable. Um, And there are actually several parables that I'm talking about. Uh, because Matthew 25 is comprised of three judgment scenes, all of which deal with the proper use of resources. The first one, which is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, instructs us to anticipate the resources we'll need. The second, the parable of the talents, tempers the first one by reminding us that being prepared doesn't mean hoarding. And then the third, which is the parable of the sheep and the goats, reminds us that God's ultimate goal for our resource gathering is to be sure that even the, quote, least of these have what they need in both provision and compassion. As our national economy has hit the skids, it struck me that the challenges of those stories in Matthew 25 are the challenges facing us both as a nation and as individuals as we try to learn our proper relationship to the resources that God's entrusted to us. We got into this mess because we were unprepared to be called to account or to have any bumps in our little road. We kicked the can down the road year after year, convinced the consequences of our greed and recklessness could be either avoided or delayed long enough that we wouldn't feel the effects. Wrong. The bridegroom got delayed. We had to use more than we'd planned. And like the five foolish virgins, we ran out of oil for our lamps. That experience scared us. So we then proceeded to make the mistake of the second parable. What we still had we buried. Remember the scene in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. The master goes off on a trip and entrusts his money to three servants. One gets five talents, one gets two, and the third gets one. Now, a talent is a monetary unit, and in Jesus' day, one talent was worth over 15 years worth of wages for a laborer. So we're not talking chump change. Even the guy who got only one talent got a lot of money. So the first two went out and invested the funds, and on the master's return he found his money doubled in both cases. The third servant, however, got scared and buried his money. It didn't gain anything more, but neither was there any less. He played it safe. But the master is furious and dumps that particular investment manager while promoting the others and entrusting them with more. I think in the past couple of years the third servant has looked pretty smart to us. We get him. He's scared of losing what he's got, and so he takes zero risks with it. He knows he won't gain any, but right now he's too scared of losing some to even consider risk. We forget that he's the only one in the story to be condemned, and there's a reason for that. Economists are telling us that third-servant behavior by banks and businesses is one of the reasons we're not seeing a decent recovery. Government actions made sure they had the money, They were given varying number of talents, but most haven't turned around and invested it. They haven't used it to create new jobs or to make new loans. They've buried it in the fear that the Dow will exile them to outer darkness if they lose any more. It's understandable, but it's making things worse. And now, as we look to a new Congress and the difficult choices before us to get our fiscal house in order, the third story in the series sits before us. Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46 is the end game. That's the reason we're to invest and grow our resources rather than bury them. That's the reason we're to be prepared for what's ahead. So when difficult times come, we can continue to provide for those in need. Whether we're legislators dealing with the fiscal issues of our towns, states, or nation, or whether we're simply trying to decide how best to use our own personal resources, the lessons of Matthew 25 are the same. Be prepared. Save up so there's extra when the unexpected happens, the wise and foolish virgins. But don't just hoard what you have. Remember that it's not yours. You are a steward of God's resources, and God wants you to take some risks to increase the bottom line, parable of the talents, in order that the increased pool of resources can help to care for the least of these, the parable of the sheep and the goats. As far as I can tell, that's how biblical economics works. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, put it this way, Earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. The purpose of the first two is not to help us live high on the hog, but rather to give us the opportunity to be Christ for others and help lift the poor out of the ditch. I think this important chapter in Matthew is telling us the same thing. If we have the will... The way forward is clear. Will you pray with me? The days are hard, Lord, and the nights long. We worry about our future and act out our fears. Help us to trust your guidance and to find the right relationship to the resources you've entrusted to us. Amen. Thank you for subscribing to Spirit Walkers. Drop me a line and let me know you're out there every once in a while. Uh-huh. and at annrobertson.com. I'd be delighted to hear from you. Take care, and I wish you all the best in the new year.